In this episode, I catch up with longtime friend DJ Paddy E. He heads an industry-leading events business and also delves into a bit of accounting and finance. We talk about his wedding during the pandemic and he shares with us some advice for his successes in the events industry. Let's break it down. Let's kick off this podcast. Welcome once again, everyone, to the Link Up Podcast. Yes, we yes we do have a name for it now. The, the first few episodes haven't got a name, but uh, the Link Up Podcast is what it is. And today on the show, we've got Mr. DJ Patty E, Mr. Tom of our lives in the building joining us. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for jumping on, man. Um, so just for our listeners, uh, tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Before we get started, uh, bit of a mixed bag. <laughs> um, yeah, got a few different uh, things. Recently married, first and foremost. Um, Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Uh, right before lockdown, but um, uh, very much like yourself, I got a uh, events business, um, which is one of my main focuses. But also uh, operate an accounting business um, from. For about 10 years now actually um, wow. so that's um originally was my main focus but as events sort of really picked up and gained momentum uh the accounting sort of took a back seat and sort of scaled it back just to the sort of level where i can maintain that and you know sort of focus on the events at the same time um yeah so yeah got a got a bit of a diverse background um that's awesome man yeah, um, I'm sure we'll get more into it as the podcast goes on. Oh, definitely, man. I'm going to ask all the questions under the sun for you, man. But, man, your wedding, that was the third reschedule? Yeah. And that was the only, like, weekend that was free. And yeah. was it the next day there was going to be lockdowns? It was literally. It was actually that, that very day, actually. But there was an ex- oh. exemption for weddings. So if you were attending a wedding or having a wedding, there was a special exemption. And, and thank God for that exemption because our wedding would have been half empty. Um, oh, man. I was actually scared. Yeah. That that people, like, man, he's rescheduled the three times. Because we, for those listening, uh, me and Patty go way back. And we were lucky enough to be able to be invited to the wedding and attend and we're like man with these restrictions like are half the people not going to turn up because they're too scared or because we were hearing about people getting fined like the yeah. week before it was crazy like i'll never forget uh the day before the wedding when they they really put their foot down and basically um basically put sydney in a lockdown and then our phones did not stop buzzing the entire day like they literally blew up uh with people saying oh we can't make it because of this this and this and then literally like we were we were of really in in two minds and and keeping mind you like um this was the third time we had to reschedule so we were really in two minds whether we should go ahead with it because we've paid for all these guests and only half of them are going to show up if that is this the day before? Yeah, literally the day before because um, the government started freaking everyone out along with the media. And um, basically what, what the, the main thing was, um, they said they said 
if you work in the city in the past two weeks, which is basically, or you know someone or live with, live with someone that, that's uh, been in the city in the past two weeks, you must uh, isolate. So that's basically everyone. Even if you don't work in the city, if your partner, your spouse, a sibling works in the city and you, you live in the same household, that basically meant you. So, Damn. yeah, and then and literally, um, man, we 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 had maybe half the tables cut, and it wasn't until 11 p.m. that night um, we came across a um, a news article which made us aware of the exemption uh, for the people that are attending weddings. So we're literally sending out messages to these people that are saying that they can't come, and. Um, yeah, and then eventually a majority of the people actually did show up. It was just like one or two tables that 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 didn't come through. Oh yeah, I, I thought that's all. Every table pretty much full. Yeah, there was one one table, um, but there was only two people. Oh. <laughs> um, which You're is so lucky, man. Yeah, I mean they were happy, like all the extra food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Like I can only feel for you, man. Like you work in events as well as ourselves yeah uh, we're both around weddings a lot and like right now we're dealing with a lot of people postponing yeah you know canceling rescheduling and whatnot and it's can only feel for how what they're going through you know yeah like oh yeah we've decided because with the uncertainty we've got to reschedule postpone and then there's you like yeah. having your wedding amongst it all and mm. i believe you had like a wedding a wedding jobs to do like the week before, yeah. during the week. I think you did one yeah. with us. Yeah, yeah. The, I was like, what? You didn't, you didn't have the week off? Man. You know, the, the week after? Like, the week before, I literally had nine jobs. Jeez. The week, the weekend before. And so everything was like going guns blazing basically. And then within the space of a week, everything turned upside down. And I don't think anyone... Uh, unless you have inside knowledge, <laughs> um, I don't think anyone saw saw it coming, and, and let alone for it to last as long as what it has. Yeah, yeah, man, you're really lucky to get yours in. But yeah, even up till now, like yesterday, I got three or so cancellations. Like, and this is for October, which is next month. Yeah, yeah. So they've been holding on, holding on. Then these have already been rescheduled. Yeah, and like you know, these people are going to keep. It, it's hard man because when it comes to a wedding like there's a lot of emotion involved um but there's also a lot of money involved as well even even if you're doing it on a smaller scale like it's still a significant amount of money and when you when you're when you're laying down that kind of money you want to be able to sh make sure that you can actually have a celebration and enjoy the celebration as well with with your family and friends and loved ones and you know, it's it's supposed to be a once in a lifetime occasion, um, and and yeah, it's like you hype it up and you have all these expectations, and then with the restrictions, you, you really question if it's going to be the celebration that you've always wanted, and then yeah. and then it's like, well, because because we postponed twice, and we we probably could have just had the, well, we couldn't the first time because you only allow five people, which is. Um, <laughs> As well as today, yeah, it's similar to today's. Um, but it's not. It's not really practical. Um, you know, it's supposed to be a celebration and with family, friends, loved ones. And yeah, if you can't do that, it's um, it's kind of hard, man. So 
yeah, it's it's tough. It's really tough. There's a lot a lot of emotional stress, financial stress. Um, and yeah, I, I feel I really do feel for everyone that's struggling with it all right now. So I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, firsthand you've been there, and you know exactly what they're going through. Like, you know, our job as event organizers, planners, and you know, production, we we want to make it as easy and as the least stressful for all our couples, right? Yeah. Because we just want to take that burden burden off their shoulders. Like, hey, we're, we're here for you. No matter like what, like, you yeah. know, I'm sure your year next year, like all these weddings on Fridays, Sundays yeah. and Mondays are just yeah. filling up, right? Yeah, yeah. Me, even midweek, um, people yeah. are having to resort to midweek celebrations because that's the other unfortunate side of it because they're, they're having to postpone and the days that they would ideally like are already booked. Yeah. Um, and they're forced to to have it on a day which they may not have originally wanted, but for the sake of actually, you know, going ahead, getting married, they have to do it. Um, That's right. So, yeah, th- there's a lot There's a lot involved. And even to this day now, what we're in September, um, lockdown kicked in around late June, the sentiment is really still um, quite um, quite uncertain. Like people don't have that confidence. Yeah. And, we, and we're in Sydney anyway. Uh, we don't have that sort of clear direction. We don't know exactly what restrictions are going to be in place. I think they, they released the date. Um, freedom date. Yeah, freedom date. But even still, like what does that um, – specifically involved people want to know that like mm. they want to know how many people um can they dance and all all the rest of it which is important when you're planning yeah. a wedding very important yeah definitely and i think there's a lot of uncertainty now because yeah they're going to say freedom day is on this date yeah but then what restriction are they just going to throw at us that we just have to yeah. abide to you know that's exactly yeah, right. freedom day but no dancing social distancing be seated you know seated drinking yeah all of that like I don't know, man. Like, with this, all this happening now, what do you think is going to happen with the future of weddings? Do you think people are going to just be turned off from having big weddings because there's a chance, you know, they don't have trust in the in the yeah in the system? It's like, are we even going to be able? Are we going to waste our time planning all this? Yeah, and then turn out that we can't do anything. That's an interesting question. Um, I think it's it's hard to say. I mean, we've been through this once before. This is pretty much a second time, and and I really questioned that the first time around, but it actually bounced back even stronger. Uh, I, I don't know if you found that as well, but like since the first lockdown, it didn't really deter people from having those lavish weddings and and going all out. And um, but I, I really don't know. Second time around, people may start um, really giving it proper consideration because. Yeah, okay, we're, most people will be double vaxxed, um, but even still, you just don't know what curveball the government's going to throw. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of out. I mean, after the first lockdown, I thought there's no way we'd ever go into a lockdown like that again. But I feel this one's even worse and even more harsh. Um, but as far as weddings, um, I'm noticing a trend of people um, taking their weddings out of Sydney into like, um, you know, Hunter Valley, uh, down oh, yeah. south coast. Heaps of people are doing that just because they don't really trust the Sydney uh, restrictions. And then out 
out in like the Hunter Valley, for example, there's there's a little bit more freedom to get away with, with certain things. Mm-hmm. So I'm noticing that. Um, but it's hard to say. I mean, if you take it back uh, 10, 15 years ago, um, so I remember my older brother who got married um, back in like 2009 and his wedding, the wedding industry was completely different. Like there's no white dance floors. There's no, um, what's fancy now? Like no um, white wrapping of bridal tables, like flowers hanging from the ceiling or anything like that. Like it's pretty much just a standard celebration. Like there's a DJ, um, there's food, some flowers on the table and that's pretty much it. But now you have to have everything. And it's, it's, yeah, and I feel like so long as social media reigns supreme, uh, the weddings are going to be and, and continue to be um, extravagant and, and lavish and people feel like they have to have this, they have to have that at their wedding for it to be a success. Yeah. It's all, it's uh, with Instagram. Like, yeah, there was, you know, your fairy tale dream wedding, but now yeah. Instagram, that that level has just gone through the roof. Yeah. Like so extra. For sure, man. And, and I mean, it's not for everyone. Yeah, it's it's not for everyone, and um, I mean, so so yeah. To answer your question, I don't feel as though it's going to change the wedding scene too much. I feel so long as yeah, social media stays as prominent as what it is, um, it will influence people. But um, I mean, I shouldn't say this that because we're in the industry ourselves. But you really don't need all that glitz and glam to have you know the best day of your life. Like you just need. Three essentials. You need good music because <laughs> really music makes um, – music is really important. You need good people, people that actually want to be there and celebrate, mm-hmm. and and food. Yeah. They're, to me, they're the three key elements. Like, um, You're speaking from experience firsthand. Right? Yeah, firsthand. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Flowers are beautiful and so are white dance floors and – and I don't know what do people do these days. <laughs> it's, I, so feel, I, I feel out of touch, man. <laughs> about it's weddings been a everywhere. Since we've been to a wedding. Yeah, but um, those three essentials. Um, yeah, the people, which is most important. Uh, good music and good food, and that combination is is you know is essential to a good celebration. Um, the rest of it is um, just luxuries, I think. Yeah. I think um, just staying on that wedding planning tip, I think uh, the dynamic of how you seat people, yeah, I think is very, I've found very important. That's true as well. Uh, like who's surrounded, who's sitting here, like with their backs toward each other. Like, oh, yeah. Man, you know what I mean? Like That's so uh, true. So uh, true. I've had a fair few couples who just replanned their seating just to make sure these guys are near the bar, these guys are near this group. Because sometimes when it's just not wrong and then you've got, you know, you're usually rowdy friends yeah. with your uncles and aunties yeah. and they're like very like. Mm. That's true, man. I mean, I mean, you see that us with your uncle and auntie, but man, they were party animals too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were drinking more than we were. Oh, but I mean, man. like, it, it, uh, like when everyone's comfortable, the ice is broken at a wedding. Yeah. That's when everyone enjoys. Like if you've got a good icebreaker, because if man, I feel if you're at a table and you're not sure and it's a bit of an uptight vibe. 
Yeah. I feel. Yeah, for sure. Like you could be playing the best bangers and some people will be grooving, but they'll be keeping to themselves and just yeah. shy. So it's, I think icebreakers are really important as well in weddings. Yeah. Just on that, I mean, that is one of many things which people don't actually think about, but there's so many last thing, last minute things that you have to um, give consideration to when it comes to a wedding, when you're having your own wedding anyway, that you just, yeah, seating is actually very important because, you know, you, you want to give um, traditionally like your your family, grandparents or whatever, um, you know, good viewing and then, um, you know, for example, like, like I had you guys and D-Cuts was uh, DJing the wedding and it was important to have him close to the DJ decks so that oh, you know yes. he could enjoy the wedding at the same time and you know what I mean? Yep. Um, yeah, and just uh, it, it's hard. It's it's not an easy task because you, you can only have so many people on, on a table, right? Yeah. Um, you, you have to place them, you know, in certain spots of the room. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 all fun and games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, back, back on the seating thing. Yeah, I, like I don't mean to to sit on this, pun intended, but um, you know, like I've I, I've been booked for some big weddings before. You know, 600, 700 people. Yeah, and there'll be a band, and then there'll be a DJ. It will be myself, but the supplier table will be at the complete opposite end and corner of the room. Yeah, that's the <laughs> so, worst. As a DJ, I can't sit there and chill because the band is going to end any second. And I can't be at the opposite side of the room. It's like, oh, the band's finishing. Let's, um, I've got to run across the other side of the room and there's some awkward silence. It's, so, yeah, it's so impractical. That's, so, that's, yeah. that's frustrating, man. <laughs> like as much as I do try to help suggest things, like it is up to the couples at the end of the day. You know, they do it to fit the other supplies, photographers, videographers, so they're out of, yeah. out of sight. You know, from the main yeah, because we're we're the vendors, suppliers, background people. So yeah, sure. Yeah, that's why um, no, it's really cool that you're able to put D cuts, and and us seated right in front of the DJ table, and it worked out well because you had your uncle and auntie with us, yeah, and your family, and your family was right next to us on the next table, <laughs> so it worked out perfectly. Yeah, you even had the priest on the next table just to give you guys some blessings. <laughs> yes, yeah, bless the food and everything. <laughs> Oh, that was awesome man thanks for yeah, having us that was nah, fun there my pleasure man wouldn't have it yeah, any other way just man you're just so lucky like man you were up 11 o'clock that night uh, i think i slept maybe two hours um like yeah. i said that that day before um was probably the most intense day of both our lives because like we, we, we i mean I, I hadn't even finished my speech Get this That's right. <laughs> no, I get this, man. Like, okay, so I had half the speech written and then I was like, okay, Friday is set. Everything's ready to go. Like I just relax, finish off the speech. Didn't get to touch the speech. And then then I got to like, um, you know, I had to sort of clean the house and get everything ready for the photographers and video and stuff. So it, was, it wasn't until like maybe four o'clock I was actually went to sleep, right? Thought I'd wake up um finish off the speech wake up maybe like 7 seven thirty. finish the speech in my room got to the room and found out that my speech didn't sync from my office computer oh no <laughs> so i had to race off to the office which is probably about 10 15 minutes away the morning of your the wedding. morning of my wedding and 
And it felt like an exam, right? Like I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to give myself half an hour to finish this speech. And if I'm not done by then, that's it. I'm going to have to wing it. Anyway, start writing, get to the office, continue on with the speech. And then about 20 minutes in, I get a phone call from the videographer. <laughs> and the video guy's like, uh, I'm outside your front door. <laughs> oh, you're not even there. Okay, man. Okay, you're probably going to have to wait in your car for another 20 minutes or so. I'm not home at the moment. Um, mind you, he was a little bit early, but um, that's just, just to give you an indication of what was going on the morning of the wedding. And yeah, and finished, managed to finish the speech. Um, and, in the um, office? Yeah, in the office. <laughs> bolted back home. Lucky everything was ready. Literally just had to have a shower and... Um, and continue on from there, but it was a frantic rush, man. Like it was, it was, it was all happening. Yeah, how was the rest of the day? Like the rest of the day would have felt like that, right? Just um, you know, everything's going 100 miles an hour. It does go quick. It goes very quick. But I've been at enough weddings to know that that's what to expect. Um, but the rest of the day was actually enjoyable, and it just got better um, because we actually got to the wedding the the reception sorry the ceremony and it was funny actually at the ceremony we got there it was only like about i think the wedding was scheduled to start at one o'clock we were there at like 12 50 and there's only one person in the church <laughs> oh, okay. and yeah. then and then we're like oh well, i'm thinking uh, this is this isn't going to be good <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good start to the day yeah not a good start and then literally like within the space of like five minutes pretty much the church was um was full and, and we were surprised wow. because we weren't sure based on the news that came out the day before who would how people would feel and if they would actually attend and, and we yeah. have to respect everyone's personal preferences and and all that so we don't hold any um, ill feelings or anything like that. It's just, it is what it is. But um, we we just weren't sure. And when I walked into the church, I only saw one mate, one mate of mine. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, but is yeah. This even going to happen? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. But um, after the ceremony in the church, um, we, we were more up-tempo and, and pretty positive that, like, you know, everyone's going to be there to celebrate with us, which was awesome. Yeah, and then, awesome. then went off, got our photos, and then reception starts, and and yeah, party kicks off. That's awesome, man. Can I ask you a question? Um, did you have your phone on you during the day, or did you offload it? Did you give to like your best man uh, or one of the groomsmen? <laughs> man, that's a good question. I, I had it on me um, pretty much the entire time. And funny story, funny you ask that, um, because coming from the photo shoot to the um, to the reception, I got out of the car in in the car that we had, and um, I left my phone in the, in that car, <laughs> and um, and I realized because I'm feeling my pockets, I'm like, man, where's my phone? And I'm like, ah, I left it in the car. So literally, I, lucky I realized fast enough. So I literally bolted. <laughs> from one side of the the venue to like the other um and it's a pretty big car park i managed to catch the driver and i'm like i think i left my phone in the car <laughs> so that would have been um interesting yeah so it was in the back seat found it um yeah so i pretty much kept it on me um 
Yeah. I'm going to ask is because, um, you know, I've, I've been hearing a lot lately, which, which I like. Um, a lot of groomsmen and bridesmaids, they give their phone off to their, um, you know, bridal party just so they can be present in the moment, you yeah. know, instead of Instagram living everything yeah. that's going on. Like just be in the moment, enjoy it for what it is. I think it's really important. Yeah, oh, 100%. I, I agree 100% because it goes so quick and you want to be able to take it all in, you yeah. know, and enjoy the moment. And and I think the only time I actually looked, the only time I can remember is actually taking a selfie when once once we, you know, the standard selfie in the in the getaway car once you've yeah. had, had the ceremony. Once you seal the deal. Yeah, once you sign the dotted line. <laughs> yeah. um, but after that, like I don't recall – um, looking at my phone, I, I pretty much left it on the bridal table, which is probably not a good idea, but you're in a safe environment anyway. It's all people you know. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree because it goes so quick and you do want to um, you do want to take it all in and cherish cherish those moments. Yeah, of course. Did you get to eat on your wedding night? Ah, that's the man. I learned this a long time ago, but obviously experienced it firsthand. They say that the wedding meal is the most expensive meal you'll never get to eat. <laughs> it's so true. I didn't even see my main meal. What? Yeah, because yeah. you're just busy going around, right? Yeah, like, I mean, we didn't have, I don't consider this a big wedding, but 150 people. And it's I, small. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I still didn't get around to everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife and I, like, Kira, we, we didn't get around to every table. It's just there's just not enough time. Um, and, and yeah, we could have like, I mean, food isn't the most, you want to have something in your system to keep it going, but um, you also want to be able to, well, at least we did anyway. We wanted to be able to um, sort of acknowledge and engage with our guests because um, that was important. Like anyone that was there really means something to us and, and we wanted to, yeah, just acknowledge that. And it's then, you know, it's like food. Well, I guess there's always Maccas on the way home. <laughs> oh, that's standard, right? Even if you do eat, I guess. Even yeah. If you do eat, it's still Maccas on the way home after a night. Yeah. A big night, a big day. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. It is a big day, man. Um, but yeah, so we didn't, we had entrees and stuff like that and a little bit of dessert, but mains, um, yeah, they actually came in spoke to me the, the guy's like do you want your mains now or we can just keep it warmed up later yeah. <laughs> should have asked them to put it in like a dog bag or something yeah like you hear about it so often like man like oh yeah i was just so busy you know just greeting everyone and doing this and doing that so yeah. i always try to make a point just make sure you allocate time to eat and take it all in and just enjoy the moment yeah. with your wife or with your husband and even then like going on um you know usually the first dance is the first moment of the day that you have to yourselves alone no one bothering you yeah was that the case um, it's the case for you right like i guess i'd say the second the 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 first one would probably be getting if if your if your ceremony and reception photo shoot is in a different location like our getaway car taking us to the photo shoot that was probably the first time we were like alone and just to ourselves 
aside from yeah. the driver, but he wasn't bothering us. <laughs> <laughs> Taking selfies with you. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. was all good. But um, yeah, I'd say that would probably be the first time. So immediately after um, the ceremony. Um, and then, yeah, the first dance is um, probably the next, I'd say. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And man, that light show on your wedding night. Ah, yeah. Wow. I've never seen anything like it, man. Yeah, it's pretty Maybe crazy. Maybe because it was uh, sponsored by someone. Yeah. <laughs> sponsored by the group. <laughs> oh, man. It was. Um, that was amazing, bro. Even the entrance. Wow. Ah, yeah. So grand. Had to, yeah. Loved it. Had to go put a bit of a bit of a twist to it you got to do something a little bit special yeah, um, you're in the industry man yeah you know that was awesome man thanks thanks yeah but um yeah moving on you're in events like myself let's let's bring it back like how you how you started getting into djing and events like how yeah. did you start because we got way back but yeah I, I think we briefly spoke about it before just you know as friends when we hang out but Share us with share with us your story, like how you got started. Um, all right, so music's always been a thing uh, in my family. Like my dad's a trumpet player. Um, parents love music, so we're always around music. Um, and then uh, through my older brother's influence, um, he started introducing me in my early teens to hip hop and R and B, more on the rap side, actually. Funny enough, um, but. Uh, the sort of transition into hip hop R and B, and then like yourself and many other DJs in the current era, um, somehow one of my good mates at school, his older brother came across um, Club Joint. Yeah, three point five. Yeah, oh, I remember buying that one. That uh, black cover. Man, I got the um, I got the burnt copy. <laughs> I yeah. still got my original burnt copy. <laughs> original um, burnt copy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and hearing that um, really inspired me. I, I know it sounds a little bit cliche to any DJs that might be hearing this, but it, it really did like the the transitions between between tracks and the energy and the sort of uh, storytelling through a mixtape. It wasn't just putting songs together. It was creating creating a real vibe and, and carrying that vibe and that really inspired me um in my schooling years um but obviously i it was just an interest it's something that i could appreciate and i i loved music as well so i didn't really think i'd be a dj uh coming from a family who really um puts a lot of emphasis on education um djing didn't really fit the bill um but um that it became a passion and funny enough after school um oh there's a little bit of more of a backstory like i used to loving music so much i always used to stay on top of the new stuff and used to become like the school dealer when it came to uh bringing out new new tracks like so so what i was saying yeah so um so i just um had a good eye for getting new music and used to listen to like the radio. I don't know if you ever caught 88.1 yes. to, to our DJ. Peter yeah. Fly, did you listen to them? Um, I don't know if I heard Peter. I like, know. Oh, NASA no, T. Um, man, that, that was a, that was a killer station. Like we bringing out all, all, I can't remember who was, who were the hosts, 
But, um, I think Flo Girl T. Flo Girl T, yeah, yeah. And I just like discovered so much cool music and I'd get the music and share it with people and and they started automatically just associating me with music, which was cool. And then once school finished, high school finished, um, of all places, uh, I remember getting the call from my older brother, Kenny, and he's saying, oh, there's some DJ gear at Myers, which was rare. This this is back in 2006 where yeah. DJ gear and DJs weren't as mainstream as what they are now. Mm-hmm. And it was like a cheap set. Like I, I do have a photo of it. It's pretty, it's pretty dodgy, but like it was one of those things that came in like a bundle. You get your CD as all in one CDs, had an amplifier, some dodgy speakers, yeah. enough to get started for like maybe four or 500 bucks. Yeah. And then I just, my friends knowing that I like music and stuff, um, I'd started doing a couple of their just gatherings or house parties or whatever. And then just from there, um, it grew very slowly. It grew. So this is when I was 18, you know, I've gone off to uni. So my focus is on studying, having a professional career, you know, as an accountant or in finance, whatever it may be. But over time, um, yeah, it just very slowly, I'm talking like maybe, if I had like five jobs in a year, that would be a good year. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like for the for, for the start, starting out was very slow, because um, I'm not one that's very. I don't. I'm not a good promoter, um, and and marketing myself like. It sounds um, doesn't sound exactly accurate, but being a DJ, but I don't really like the attention on myself, so I don't, you know, I don't usually posts or it was hard it took a while for me to get get my rep up um so it was very gradual and then just over time um you know you do a good job at one party that's that becomes a uh, a reference for you you know for for many future events so people talk um and and yeah it just it gradually um built up i think something that really helped was i entered a dj comp in 2011 so i was probably maybe four or five years in um and it was in Parramatta. it was back then it was called pj's Parramatta. i think yeah yeah i think it's changed now called the general burke or something like that yeah that's what it's called yeah yeah um anyway i entered the the dj comp and it was a few rounds so and um i ended up winning that one and and I got residency at that place for like about a year. And oh wow. And yeah, that was Not good. Show tech. Um Anthony K. This was before he um came in and took over. Someone else was um running it. I don't know if he I uh, can't remember their names. Um but anyway, um yeah, so what came from that was a good connection to to a um a I wouldn't call I wouldn't call it an agency, but a company that was big on the wedding scene, and and I started getting a lot of wedding jobs from there through this this company, and just from there got my experience up with private events because that's what I mainly do now private events. I haven't done a club since you you put me on at Carter back in twenty seventeen <laughs> or something like that. I remember that day. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. 
clubbing hasn't been my thing. It's been more focused on private events. And and I do that for a reason as well. Um, first of all, I find the money to be – I find it to be more lucrative. Uh, but also having more freedom in playing what you want to play, um, not having to – you know, and, and choosing what what gigs and what hours and things like that just sort of fit with my lifestyle a little bit better. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and so it was a gradual gradual progression. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I see like with weddings, it, it keeps it fresh, more fresh. Like, you know, there's such a broad, um, such a broad range of guests that want so many different genres and yeah. of music. Yeah, that's so true, that's true as well. It fun. Yeah, it, yeah, it keeps you on your toes. You you got to really be able to um, to cater and and read the crowd, like because um, because the they're so diverse. No one crowd is the same. I'm sure you find this, you know, the same as well. Like to do a good job, you you do need to cater to what's in front of you and who's there, uh, and sometimes they're easy to read. Other times you got to sort of work at it and get a, get a get a feel for it and then once once you caught on to it you run with it yeah i think that's very important i know i always say it i think we say this before when we were doing the q point um chats uh where being able to read the crowd and being versatile enough to cater to that crowd is like one of the most important um skills as a dj yeah. You can mix songs, yeah. You can play all the bangers, but if the crowd's not vibing with you. For sure. Your job as a DJ is not complete. Exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. from here, like you've um you are full you're full time in events now, right? Uh I guess you could say that. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems there's days where it seems like <laughs> you know, there's no no rest at all. Like it's events is is full-time although with lockdown and everything as you know um it's it's been pretty um pretty stale but when when things are running they're running you know red hot um which which is which is challenging because to run a business there's plenty of challenges but on top of that because i do have the accounting as well it's like you got to work after hours just Mm to just to maintain that and it's it's not easy but it's it's what you do to get ahead yeah. um, and, and i know i know you can relate to that with with your multiple ventures all happening at once yeah i feel like you need to do it uh, you could probably shed some light on this like being like in finance as well but it's been this is one of my challenges being in events um you know you work a, if if you work a nine to five End of the day, you get this much. End of the week, end of the oh, like the fortnight, you're always going to get paid this X amount. And the thing I've been finding difficult, like this is my challenge. It's been good, but um, the consistency is really hard. Yeah, that's um, I think in any any business where you're running it yourself, um, consistency is is always going to be a challenge especially in our industry i mean certain certain industries um consistency probably isn't as much of an issue but when it comes to events it is it's up and down 
and sometimes uncontrollable and then sometimes a little bit stale um, because it's it's a um, I guess it's it's not necessarily an essential like say healthcare or something like that where you know you have to if you're sick or or you're injured you have to do something about it uh, our industry is is volatile like you know as i'm sure you know like you can have many bumper weekends and then maybe some another weekend in 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 the same time period that's very quiet yeah that's it um like and your, yeah your income you know is up and down yeah and it, it, it fluctuates it, it makes it hard to to budget it does and then when it comes to that like i guess all you can really do is then is work off averages when it comes to budgeting Okay, who's the uh, financial advisor coming? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, shed, shed some light on us, like freelance, creative industry, like, you know, things are up and down. You'll have a banger month and then have a quiet week and you're like, fuck, am I going to yeah. gonna be able to pay bills? Well, you sort of need to, you need to be aware of, of trends and, and seasonal trends as well. So if, if, if it's, and it's hard in, in the first year because you don't have anything to go off, but if you've been in business for one or two years, you really need to um, take a step back and look at how things are traveling and then sort of make sense of it all. Because especially in an industry where your business fluctuates and that's that's natural for it to happen, you got to understand why. Like are there seasonal trends? Like for example, you know, are people usually going on holidays during this time? People sick? Or do people not want to celebrate because it's too cold? And then and then you sort of factor that in to your budget because you, you know that if you've got certain expenses and stuff like that that come up during this time, you have to set aside some money in, in the good times to be able to prepare for it. It sort of gives you really valuable insights to manage um, manage your finances and and that's that's the hardest part man because i know it's come up in previous uh, podcasts as well where you got to wear multiple hats but mm-hmm. as a business owner um you, you got the creative aspect and you got the actual work but then there's also the whole finance side which is equally as important because if that's not managed uh correctly then you don't have a business yeah that's right you know what what are you working for what are you working for um so yeah in 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 our in our let's take our events industry um it is up and down and how do we manage that well it's you just have to be aware of or try and gain insights into um you know why and when and then just prepare yourself so that you don't feel the impact and um yeah i feel like that's probably the best way to to address it um because yeah if it's uncertain it's uncertain like none of us can sort of um predict the future but we can plan for it that's for sure yeah that's definitely for sure because you know you have your first year which is like your first year of working for yourself and you're like you know testing the waters and getting yeah. out there getting jobs getting busy yeah and then you know the second third year you can tell all the Christmas parties are going to be this time, end of the financial year. The wedding season is going to have a lull because it's super cold. Yeah. 
Um, it's and you know just on that, it's I know I mentioned before like you got to get your insights from like the first year or so, but sometimes that's hard because businesses don't take off straight away. Like your first year performance is not going to be or shouldn't be reflective of you know your second and third years because the idea is to continue to grow, mm. but you still want to draw whatever. Um, knowledge you can from from past years experience but um it's it's not the short the short of it is it's not it's not easy but you do have to try and um be on top of of the trends and you've got to be persistent as well like yeah because no business um no business shoots up like there's a there's an establishment phase and then there's a growth phase and then you want to try and eventually hit like a stage where you're at, at where you want to maintain kind of a thing, uh, where you're comfortable, you're happy with where you're at because there's other things in life that you want to enjoy as well. Oh, of course. That's yeah. what you work hard for. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, yeah, you have to find that that happy medium as well. So you got to know when what you want out of it and out of the business and then um, sort of how to get there and then once you are there, how to balance that with, well, the other important areas of life, like family, friends, yeah. relationships, um, and your personal interests as well. Otherwise, the business will take over your life. Yeah, which um, is something that I don't know if how you find. I mean, you're very um, engaged with what you do, but I guess you're passionate about what you do, so it doesn't maybe probably doesn't feel like work. I don't know. How do you find that? Yeah, like I. I do work hard and work long hours, but it is to give me the freedom to do what I want to do, you know. Yeah. Go out, spend some time during the day out going out for lunch or dinner yeah. or going to nice places or whatnot. Yeah, for sure. So it, it, it kind of balances out. Yeah. Well, it's good. I mean, yeah, you've been – did you say you were accounting for 10 years? Yeah, so I'm um, yeah. 33 now. Um, started – well, I finished studying – when I was 21 so I guess it's more than 20 more than 10 years yeah. um but I've had my own business for about maybe seven or eight years now yeah. uh, once I eventually got my tax agent license so that's that was in addition to the um university qualification yeah. um so yeah it's and, and that's good as well I'm glad I did that because it gives me flexibility uh, which is important like for anyone that that has their own business they you know one of the beauties of having your own business is is being able to choose your hours choose what work you want to take on and you know that that's a luxury in itself yeah and in your time as an accountant like just going back to what we were talking about um i'm sure you've had some clients tell you like hey patrick um <laughs> uh you know <laughs> what uh, can we do <laughs> yeah or like you're gonna have to close the business because apparently we're losing three million dollars a year yeah like, like does that come down to um budgeting again to be honest with you i've never experienced that and that's because um if it gets to that stage then someone's not doing their job right like someone's not on someone's not either taking their business seriously or giving it the attention that they deserve. Um, 
I find probably the biggest um, hurdle with people who have their own business, especially if they're coming from a background where they've been employed and then they want to have their own business, a lot of people struggle with understanding um, how to manage their tax obligations. Uh, and that's that's probably the biggest killer. So I wouldn't say businesses, people have come to me saying that their businesses have um, struggled or they're running at a loss, what do we do? It's more so if, they, if people are in trouble, it's because they haven't been managing their taxes. Um, and that's because, I mean, you work for someone, if you're employed by someone, the employer takes the taxes out for you. Yep. But when you have your own business, you have to manage the tax. You have to allow for the tax. And a lot of people don't. They think whatever money comes into the account, that's theirs. And then it gets to the end of the year or if they're registered for GST, comes to the BAS and they don't, they spent that tax money. And then before you know it, it starts accumulating and then and then they're chasing their tail and then it gets to a level where it's uncontrollable and then that's when they start finding themselves in real hot water because it's hard to get out of that. Yeah. Um, so, that's a big killer for me. I mean, yeah. I, I brought it up in, the, in our first podcast actually with Kim. Yeah. Um, uh, how I was in a bit of trouble with the ATO. And, um, I had to pay like, you know, almost 30K. Yeah. <laughs> but that was because of wh what you just said. Like I was just making income and as well as that, my books weren't clean. Um, yeah. Not clean, not, not that they weren't clean, but not managed well. Yeah. But, you know, I've learned the lesson. I paid it off and now that my books haven't been any cleaner, like everything's black and white. Like you can see everything that comes in, everything yeah. that goes out. And I've opened another account yeah. um, for tax purposes. Yeah, so that, I always put like money aside. So when the tax bill comes, cool. It's all good. It's paid, done. If, if only everyone was like you, um, <laughs> I mean that as well. Like that's, that's yeah. the best thing that you can do. Uh, and the smartest way to run your business, especially yeah, if you're making way. money. Yeah. You, I mean, you get stung once and you learn because um, no one would like to pay anything even remotely close to what, what you had to pay. But it does happen. It's and and it's it's very common. And sometimes it doesn't matter. Like people are aware that they got to pay tax, but they still can't control themselves. Like, yeah. um, and everyone's got their own reasons, but they just also have to be aware that um, what's that saying? Uh, there's two things that are certain in life: death and taxes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. you can't you can't avoid it. And that's that's um, I've, I've seen it. Uh, I'm not I'm not generalizing, but it's a major problem with amongst a lot of tradies. <laughs> okay, yeah. they, tradies tend to make a lot of money, but they don't manage their money. They think um, taxes don't apply to them, and and then yeah, and it's it's sad because I've seen it. I've seen it happen where people get themselves levels where it's just it's just not. Um, it's not practical or not even possible to to pay it back, um, and then they end up going bust. Yeah. So it's 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 sad, and it, sometimes people doesn't matter how many times you tell them, <laughs> they're not going to listen. You know. Um, so what can you do, man? What can you do? You really need to be prepared because I think 
when you're starting off, you know, you're, your first year in business, you're excited, you know, small business, just working for yourself. I'm, oh, I've got money coming in. Yeah, all good, blah, blah, blah. Send invoices or oh, money comes in, you know. And then, you know, you're so excited living living the dream, you know. You're, you've got the best lifestyle. You have your own job. You work for yourself. But then you miss out like, oh, shit, I've got to pay tax. Yeah. You know, like you've got to be prepared. You might be a fish in the sea, a small fish in the sea, but, you know, after a year, you're, you're going to like grow and then all these taxes that you need to pay have just gone out of control that you yeah. lost track. Yeah. So you've got to prepare yourself, I think, just yeah. just even though, you know, say you have one job a year. Yeah. You still need to yeah. be prepared. Of course. For, so that when you're getting, you know, 100 jobs a year yeah, or, or whatever number it is, that you have the processes in, exactly. in place. Exactly, the systems there. To cover your ass. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and you obviously learnt the hard way, but you've, pay for it. <laughs> you, you've learnt the lesson well and, um, and and you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a really good recovery on your part and, and now it's just a matter of continuing to stay on top of it. And, and like you said, now, when you're in a good system, it's so much easier to stay on top of it. But when you're chasing your tail, that's when it gets hard. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, you're always, you're paying for last year's tax bill this year and then you're making money this year. So, you know, you're going to have to pay tax on that. And then, yeah, it just really, it really adds up. Um, so, yeah, that that's that's a really important lesson, like, that everyone who has their own business really needs to take seriously. As an accountant or like a financial advisor, what do you think is the biggest challenge or struggle for, you know, people who are new to business or small business or like working for themselves? Um, I think, I think um, belief, belief in, in themselves, their products, their services, uh, and their ability to persevere uh, and and just grow the business. Like may sound a little bit general, but you know, if you look at the trends of of any business, it's very rare that you see a business just um, hit the scene and then blow up straight away. You know. Um, Starting it, starting a business, growing your business, you have to, you have to really put in the hard work in the in the early stages. Like, there's no more difficult period than the startup phase because you have to really set set the plan, establish the business, put in the late hours, and uh, really know what you're doing, what you're selling, what you're providing, how you're going to do it what your targets are and it's there's so much to it in the initial stages and that that really filters out the um the the strong from the weak and the successful from from the people who probably won't succeed it's the initial work that you you have the foundation it's the foundation like like anything you're building a house you want to have a good foundation so that you can grow you can build a house that's solid, you know. Um, and anyone can start a business. Like 
you you might just register an ABN. Oh, I've got a business. Okay, but you have to invest in the business, and you no, there's no greater invest investing that happens than the starting period, because um, that's yeah. There's so there's a lot of uncertainty, and nothing happens if you don't if you don't put in the work. You know what I mean? Um, if you if you don't if you don't put in the hard yards, work those extra hours, you know those late nights. It's just it's it's not going to take off. So I feel like that's the biggest challenge, um, just to get get the business established and growing and, and believing in it. Um, and you know you think back to that iceberg analogy, you only see the tip of the iceberg above the water, but you don't see what goes on underneath and that's a lot of stress anxiety failure doubt minor successes but it's all part of the journey um so yeah for small businesses um managing tax is not is not hard because it's 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 a pretty simple concept um but growing your business and marketing it and targeting it to the right audience the right you know is i feel that's what's what's um what the the real challenges are yeah that's because i think you got a good point there but like um a lot of uh people i know want to take the dive you know start their own business or whatnot but the scary thing for them is the fact that they're not going to start making money for the first few years. You know, they've invested all this money that yeah. they've saved from their previous job into that they've invested into themselves, into a product or learning or whatnot. Like, how do you think people can overcome that? Because um, that, that's yeah, what I think that's why everyone holds back from their potential. It's it's a um, it's it, it's that's a um, it's probably. That's a golden a golden question which probably everyone is going to face when they're starting a business coming from you know a background where they haven't because um, because you need to factor in a lot of things I mean yes anyone can start a business at any point in time but you got to choose your timing and and the timing has to work uh, for, for you like on many different levels so financially as you mentioned or alluded to just before that's 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 um and i've touched on it briefly as well your first year in any business or majority of businesses um is not going to be um you can't realistically expect it to be profitable um or 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 at a level where you can fund your lifestyle or um or or be at a position where where you want to be because it takes time it takes a lot of effort so then then it becomes a question of well when do you make that transition when when is a good time and and i believe um this is another reason why i say the first year is the hardest because i believe the right time to make the transition is while you are still employed or have a, still have a stable source of income um, coming through because that provides the stability 
that you need to grow your business because you're not realistically the first year, maybe even the second and third year is not going to be, um, it's not going to be what you want. You're not going to be where you, where, where, where you ideally want to be because it takes time. And, and, and while you're building that business, you still need a stable flow of income. So that means you got to put in twice, twice the work. You got to still maintain your nine to five, get that stable flow of income. And in your spare time, instead of it being all leisure and stuff, you need to put that into growing the business. So that might mean, and I've done this myself time and time again, up at two in the morning, working on a website, writing a new blog, um, writing a new strategy, how I'm going to get my new service to the market, uh, working out, should I invest in this product? What's my return going to be? How long is it going to take me to recover the investment? And then what sort of profit am I going to make? Is it even worth it? So that sort of stuff takes time and you don't get paid for that. Not, not in, yeah, you don't get paid for that straight away. Okay. Cause it's, first of all, it's a risk. You don't know, you, you want to believe in yourself and the products and services, but you can't be certain. And in the meantime, you still need a stable flow of income. So, yeah, I, I believe um, you need to. Well, my 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 from my experiences, you got to really do it tough in the first couple of years. Maintain that, maintain a stable job, stable flow, which provides a stable flow of income, and then put in the extra work then and there to grow your business. Um, get it to a get it to a position where you're comfortable and where you can get the confidence to say, all right, look, this is where I'm happy where I'm at. I can really see myself um, being stable with my own business venture. It's going to provide me a stable flow of income. I'm going to be able to pay my mortgage, put food on the table, um, you know, have some room for personal expenses like, you know, luxuries and things like that going out for dinner so it's going to allow for my lifestyle and at that point in time is is what i believe to be the right time to put all your energy and focus on your business any time before that um you really put unnecessary stress on yourself to 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 make the business work and then if it doesn't work you know you're you're in a bit of trouble. Yeah, good job. So, so yeah, but having said that, it's different for everyone. So everyone want, wants something different from their business. So it, it becomes a point of you you got to establish when you start your business. You should be established. You should identify what you want from that business. So like, what do I need to live a comfortable life? So it might be like let's say for example, fifty grand a year. Okay, so I need to make 50 grand profit. So that's not 50 grand turnover, so 50 grand profit after expenses. Okay, and that's going to allow me to pay the mortgage, go out, have food, you know, clothing, parties, gifts, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and if once you identify that, you'll be able to tell when you can make that transition. Um, yeah, because if you just if you just jump into it and you've got 
a lot of financial responsibilities. Um, how are you how are you expected to meet those financial, um, you know, responsibilities straight up? Because it takes time. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to know what the statistic is about businesses that start up and fail, but it, I I think it's pretty high, and the reason is because people don't plan. What's that saying? Uh, uh, failing to plan. Man, it's like yeah, planning uh, to fail. Yeah, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that's very true, man. Like any time that I've introduced something new to my business, um, whether it's a new service or product or whatever it may be, I'll work out how much it costs. Okay, I'll look at what the market sells it for. So how long it will take me to recover that? You know the the investment recover the ROI return on investment, um, and then is it worthwhile? Like, or could could my money be better spent somewhere else? Um, so th- you really have to think about it um, and, ma- and make responsible and wise decisions because it's, it's not a game. Like, it's like if if this is your future, um, you need to take it seriously. You need to put that effort in. Agree with that. They they say twenty percent of businesses fail in their first year, and around sixty will go bust within their first three years. And I think that goes back to your point where you know yeah you need to budget. You know, financial advisor Patty Patrick (laughs) is uh, is saying strongly have a plan, and that plan is your budget. You know, you got these bills, your mortgage, your your rego, your you know your fancy dinner, your anniversary dinners. (laughs) And your new car purchase every three months. <laughs> I mean, that's a tax write-off. <laughs> but uh, so what you're saying is uh, timing is very important, right? So, so the yeah. timing of when you do things yeah. and managing your time, making the most of your time before you delve into things instead of just dropping everything and having no plan, yeah. no direction, right? Yeah. And 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 the reason for those, those statistics which you just shared, um, I mean, I would put that down to people not investing their time giving it the the TLC that it needs to you know to start up a business like it's not easy you you, you yourself Armin know you know you've, you've started up many successful uh, ventures and if you don't put in the work nothing gets nothing gets done yeah, 100%. you can outsource and I know you've touched on this in previous podcasts but in order to outsource, you need to you need to be able to have the funds to outsource for it, for the business to still be profitable, mm-hmm. and to get to that stage, you need to build the business. You need to put in the hard yards first, and and people aren't prepared to to do that, and that's that's the difference. So that's why I say that's why I go back to my point. It's always the first year, second year that's always going to be the hardest. Um. Because it requires the most work. you got to get that foundation right. Oh, yeah. The foundations. Back to the foundations. Yeah. Um, well, it all comes down to planning, right? Planning, timing. Um, Measured decisions. Yeah, pretty much, man. Um, very important. Uh, yeah, because you don't want to go down that path. You don't want to be another statistic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's not be a statistic, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Patty, just uh, before we wrap up, what's um, what's one key takeaway that you want our listeners to, to 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 take from 
you know, this chat, whether it's business or, you know, challenges or finance? Um, I think, I think believing in yourself is, is, and, and, and what you have to offer is, is paramount. If you, if you don't believe in yourself, then how can you expect anyone else to? So whether it's um, a service, a product, clothing, um, whatever it may be, if you don't genuinely believe in what you have to offer, then one, you're not going to be motivated to sell it or to get your name out there and grow your business. And other people aren't going to catch on to it because there's no one enthusiastically um sort of you know pushing it so persistence uh belief in yourself and and just managing you know approaching it with a business hat on as well as a a creative hat because you you do really need to take on multiple personalities um and you need to be uh you know sort of thick skin as well because uh Yeah, because because you do face many challenges. I've faced so many ups and downs along the way. Uh, it's a natural part, but it's how you bounce back um, from those challenges and how you learn from them. You know, you've, you yourself have learned many valuable lessons. You come out so much stronger. You're in a better position, so much more stable. Um, and that's 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 what I that's what I think is most important. What's that saying? We're all about sayings today. Yeah. Um, without struggle, there is no progress. Yes. You say. You yeah. Know, you learn from your mistakes and you just come back. Yeah. Ten, tenfold better. You know. Hundred percent. That's yeah. Without without that, you don't grow. It's as, yeah. as simple as that. And and there's gonna be plenty of struggle, so you have to anticipate that as well. Yeah. You know, and and embrace it. You gotta embrace the struggles because that's that is how you grow. Yeah. Nothing's Another easy. quote that I vibe with is um we're on quotes today. Yeah. Until <laughs> I've been reading. <laughs> um wait, what was that quote? Growth starts outside of your comfort zone. Yes, I love that one. That's yeah. so that that one is is like gold. Yeah. And I um turn back to it sometimes and if I need to share that with someone as well, then I will because that that is like gold that that saying. Because if if you don't if you don't throw yourself in the deep end, you know, then how do you how do you expect to progress? You're just gonna stay where you are. That's it. And and for some people that's okay, but you gotta you gotta be okay with where you're at. If you if you've if you've got to a level where you where you're happy, you've got a happy balance, then that's beautiful. Like you don't need to throw yourself in the deep end or go outside your comfort zone too much. Yeah. Um, but what you do need to do is remain relevant. So I don't know if this is for another podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> but getting to a level is all good. But staying at that level, sometimes you can't just continue to do what you do. You have to evolve. And and oh, I know definitely. you you're pro- you're the king at this. You're constantly evolving, <laughs> catching on to trends and remaining relevant in in changing times and that's very important for a business as well yeah i think it's very important yeah like you um you know i watch um mini documentaries and and things there's a youtube channel called company man and 
it's such a good channel. There's like 10 minute clips and they analyze high profile companies and they look at the rise and the fall and sometimes the rise again. And you get really good insights into, into why some businesses dropped off, how they came back. And, and yeah, like it's, it really gives you a good insight. And, and one of the main things that I take away from that is you do have to remain relevant in changing times. So you have to be able to be able to adapt. So yeah, I mean, for every industry that's different, but in your particular industry, like I don't think anyone's done it better than yourself, Armin. Um, adapting to the changing times and just really embracing it and and seeking new opportunities to grow the business. Yeah. You can't fight it. Don't don't work against the grain, right? Like it's just Yeah. Just work with it. Yeah. And it will come. But that takes that takes strength and uh, confidence because because you're stepping outside your comfort zone. You're outside that box that you, you refer to. But you have to. If you don't, then you won't grow. Oh, yeah. You've seen the you've seen the growth and the, the struggles that I've yeah firsthand experienced. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um no, you should be But you have to go through it just to, to be where you are now to grow, right? Yeah. And um it's it's rewarding as well. Like I'm sure oh, you, you find that rewarding, like you've you've adapted your businesses to to what the market needs in changing times and and i mean like i said it's different for every business or industry but if you if you analyze the trends and you you know you you'll realize what you need like for me in tax for example the laws are changing if i don't stay up to date then i'm not going to be real i'm not going to be useful for someone like yourself you know you don't want a, a washed up accountant that this you know sticking with uh tax laws that were five years ago <laughs> you know you know you know you'd want someone that's on top of what's going on so you have to adapt you have to learn it's 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 crucial that's awesome man yeah that's a good chat man yeah thanks thanks for um thanks for jumping on and sharing lights on you know from an accountant and you know financial kind of advisor yeah in the event scene yeah it's a interesting combination uh yeah but yeah like like everyone else man i've had my struggles and and i'm just sharing sharing what i've learned and and yeah the hard lessons and and what i see as well and hopefully you know the listeners can take something from this and and use it as inspiration because um it's 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 a difficult journey but it's an enjoyable journey yeah and rewarding one as well oh definitely rewarding after all the challenges and struggles it it it, there is a light at the end of the tunnel where it starts to become rewarding yeah for sure oh yeah i mean this podcast is in no way meant to be a mentorship uh, podcast but uh it's more so sharing our struggles, like our our experiences. Like, yeah, I don't want to preach, but you know, <laughs> this is what I've done, and you're sharing what you've done to get where you are, which I think you're very successful in everything that you do. So, Thank that's why I wanted to get you, have you on, and share your story as well. Yeah, it's um, no, it's been a pleasure and uh, and a privilege as well. I've been really enjoying the the previous podcast as well. It's been some fantastic insights and i've been sharing them as well because the messages are are inspirational and and 
you know, they can really help not just myself, but other people as well that are starting new businesses. And it's just, it's interesting to see what people go through, you know, just in their personal lives as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and business. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good stuff. I love it, man. I love it. So Patty, before we go, um, let us, let the listeners know where they can connect with you or find you online or, you know, you're a DJ as well. Where, where can they find your music or yeah. connect with you? Um, okay. So the DJ name is DJ Patty E. Um, connecting, uh, I've got some mixes on YouTube and SoundCloud as well. Um, I haven't done a, a mixtape in like well over six years. Like it's time consuming and I don't know, but I am streaming a bit now. So you can catch me on the cue point and yes. also sometimes on my own personal channel, DJ Patty E. Um, yeah, that's pretty much, um, the way to go, I think. Nice. Patty, thank you once again, Patty, for joining us. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. And, um, yeah, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Thanks, Simon. Peace. 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 Peace.